Face out the system. Empower yourself. Grow food at home. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Grow Food at Home podcast, episode seven. I'm your host, Jack Sanquist. And today we're talking about something that has really gotten me jazzed up since the beginning from when I got into farming. And that is, what would I plant if I needed to survive? And I think this is kind of like really... um, kind of a desired subject with what's going on with the coronavirus. Um, you know, a lot of people, like I'm literally getting probably five times the amount of messages every single day since this whole thing popped off, you know, with the coronavirus scare um, and just like, you know, grocery stores, like not having all the food all the time, people like one in, one out with the, like, it's just, um, there's a lot of scarcity vibes going on and we're not about the scarcity vibes on the Grow Food at Home podcast. We are into the abundance vibe. So I want to get into in this episode about like what exactly I would plant um, in order to survive. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the things we grow in our garden are um, just because we we are into them and they're kind of more like high high value crops, like things like you know, tomatoes and, and, you know, some leafy greens, kind of some one and done crops, like some, some of these crops, they're not very, they're not going to, you're not going to be able to live off them. You know, they're not calorically dense. There's not a lot of substance to them. And, um, you know, so we're, I want to get into like what I would grow if I really had to live off my garden. Right. So this, this topic has really been kind of I've been seeking it out, like the answers to this question, um, since the beginning, like of me, from me getting into farming, I, I like realized at one point in college, I was like, if I had to live off the land, I don't know the first thing about anything. So it really like, that's kind of was like, um, you know, one of the reasons I got into this in the beginning, because I wanted to learn like how, um, you know, bring it back, you know, being able to, you know, sustain myself of what I grow. And it's pretty amazing how little I knew and how much more there is to learn. You know, it's like the whole thing. That's why I love schooling yourself as one of our principles, because the more you learn, the more you realize there's more to learn. So it goes deep. So I'm just going to try to tell you some of the crops that I would grow. And this is just for my application in South Florida. I'm sure it's different for every um, climate. That's just the case. But if you're in a subtropical zone, which I'm sure a lot of um, our viewers um, live in South Florida, uh, this is what I would plant. So you want um, a lot of root crops. You want a lot of quick stuff. Like um, you you want tough plants, you know, because we're in this hypothetical scenario, although somewhat relevant, relevant scenario, um, you got to think that you're not going to have many inputs. You're not going to be able to go to Home Depot and buy fertilizer, for example, or whatever. So you want a lot of tough plants. You want a lot of plants that grow well. You want a lot of plants that 
don't need so much watering all the time. They kind of can do their thing. And you want abundance. You want plants that are really prolific. So I'm going to get into it. Right off the rip, I would plant bananas and papayas. I mean, papayas make so much food. I don't think, I think it's really underrated. You could juice the leaves. People don't know that. You could eat green papaya. Um, and they just make dozens and dozens of papayas once they start popping off. Um, bananas are so quick under a year. You know, you plant some pups you get from a friend or something. Um, under a year, you get, you know, a hundred plus bananas. And they keep coming. So bananas and papayas. You know, all these all these crops I'm about to... Um, tell you guys to plant right now because of what's going on (laughs) uh, is they are all kind of food forest crops so what I mean by that is you know kind of the two models I like bring bring to people when I help them grow food at home um, is a garden bed to do kind of your kitchen garden your herbs your salad greens your cherry tomatoes or there's food forest where you could do kind of more of like fruit trees and perennial vegetables, like turmeric, stuff like that. Like um, mainly just like fruit trees, more like longer term stuff is the easiest. There's a lot more involved with food forest. And I'd encourage you to go look it up because it's an amazing system. But in short, for someone who doesn't know um, about it, it's really just like longer term stuff. Um, just going right in the ground. You don't need like a special raised bed and irrigation and, you know, really, really, really dialed in soil. You could kind of work with just kind of planting um, and making kind of a food, like right in ground, you know. So anyways, banana, papaya. So I would encourage you to just tear up your grass and like put these plants in the ground. And uh, I have some YouTube videos on um how to make a food forest from scratch too. You could look into that. Um, But yeah, I mean, okay. So yucca, again, yucca just does its thing. And these are long-term crops. Like it is relatively long-term. Yucca takes about a year to, I got some varieties that take like eight or nine months. Um, I, I just put those in the ground, but still that's eight or nine months. And then you get your yucca. So it's still kind of like, you're waiting. That's why I tell people plant now, plant <laughs> right now. If you wanted to get results, you gotta plant today. Um, so, anyways, yucca makes a lot of food. Um, sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes make so much food, and it's so good for you. And if you have dogs, sweet po- dogs love sweet potatoes. They're so good for dogs specifically. So that's why I'm into those. Um, because I love my doggy. Um, so another one, taro. Some people know it as malanga. You'll see it at Publix as malanga. Um, my girlfriend calls it jautia. But it's pretty much like a tropical potato. It doesn't grow like a potato, but it um, kind of has that texture. And it makes a lot of food. Like you get filled up on a taro soup or anything taro. It fills you up, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking to uh, to get satiated out here in our garden. So taro, look into it. Really, you can get these things at Publix, and people probably aren't even buying them. You know, so um, plant it deep, and uh, yeah, do your research on taro. Get involved with 
with that one. Just another one. You probably heard me talk about it. Longevity spinach. This is kind of our uh, our nutrition source at this point with our with our survival garden. We want a lot of you know things that have calories, of course, but we also want to get our nutrition in there, or else you know we're not going to be at our peak level with our survival garden. So longevity spinach is one of those, and it's perennial, so it goes year round. Moringa is another one I really would suggest putting in the ground. Um, that's another one that's kind of for nutrients. It's high in protein. It's high in iron. It's got like, it's high in potassium. It's like having a health food store in your backyard. Moringa, it's an amazing plant and it grows super well in Florida. It likes to drain though. So if you have like a swampy yard, um, just like most things, they like to drain, you know, so, so, so build up the, the soil. So, um, the moringa tree will thrive. So longevity spinach, moringa, um, seminal pumpkins are like crazy productive. Um, and pumpkins, you know, like they're these little pumpkins that are really well adapted to Florida. Um, but, uh, and, 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 but I mean, you need a lot of space for this. So, you know, again, this is all context. Like some people might not have space for a banana circle. Maybe they don't, they, they only have space for, you know, some of these things, you know, they, they can't do all these. So, so it's also context, you know, um, but, but seminal pumpkins are super productive. Um, you know, let's see. So like, if you have even more space, like I would put mango trees in the ground. I know that's not quick, but they're like mangoes pump out fruit every year. Um, so like, you know, and we're going to get through this whole coronavirus thing, despite what people think. So like two or three years down the line, um, you are, uh, you're going to be very happy you put that mango tree in the ground. And they produce, they produce, you know, so that's like a summer um, delicacy, if you will, in your uh, survival garden. So these are just some some things I'm just, thinking of to like, like, okay, like, and it's like thoughts that have been going through my head right now. Like, um, what would I plant? You know, if, uh, you know, you couldn't, we, there was no more peanut butter or whatever, but, um, it's a good question to ask yourself because it's not the same garden you would plant if you're just trying, if I'm trying to just go and sell at market and, you know, make money. Or if I was trying to like have the prettiest, you know, I wouldn't have as many, maybe edible flowers in my garden. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to fill you up, a couple of petals of flowers. So, um, yeah, so it's a totally different subject. Um, and I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, and I guess right now some other things I would plant, you know, eggplant does great. Everglades tomato um, does great. We're in spring going into summer, so that we're going into the hot season. If uh, anyone's, you know, listening to this after the fact, going into summer, like eggplant does great. Okra does great in summertime. And if you have enough plants, you could really like have lunch every day out there off the okra. And I don't know in like some, my girlfriend gives me crap because she says okra is not good. I love okra and it's super refreshing. So if you're weird like me, put okra in the ground because it does amazing. Um, 
really. Like you could have a dozen okras off there, off a handful of plants. You could have a dozen a day once they start pumping, like every single day. So that's food right there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope this guy, this gives you a good idea, guys. Right off the bat, I'm thinking bananas, papayas, yucca. Um, you know, these things are these things are tough and uh, they're easy to multiply. Like you could um, start more, you know, some, some, some plants, it's like a one and done like carrots, unless you're a skilled gardener, it's going to be hard to collect carrot seeds and, and guarantee you're going to continue on with carrots. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, we gotta think extra long-term with our survival garden. Like humans back in the day would figure, would, would, would keep, would keep crops for generations and they were super super skilled with it we've lost kind of that art just the layman doesn't really know how to how to keep these uh crops alive each year um you know what i mean a lot of them are annuals so what i'm trying to say is yucca and bananas and 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 papayas volunteer all over the place they'll pop up all over they're hard to get rid of which is huge which is like because if we're not as skilled as our ancestors who save corn or whatever for for millennia, um, we we need ones that are like foolproof. Like we're not we're gonna like if when we harvest our sweet potatoes, there's gonna be slips popping up for months and months to come. So you could start a new sweet potato patch. Um, so that's really important with a lot of these crops. Like it's hard to get rid of them. And you want that because they are food. So anyways, I hope that helps you guys. Um, I uh, This is a subject I think about quite a bit because it always just like just the thought alone of how much it takes to feed people just always like blows my mind. You know, I have a massive 4,000 square foot garden and, you know, like a ton of young fruit trees and like I have a like a huge space to work with and I still go to the grocery store I can't sustain myself granted I'm not specifically doing survival garden and it's not pressing so it's not like I'm making sure every meal comes out of the garden but at the same time it I'm realizing how much it takes to really um just just live off your off your land it's pretty remarkable so, but we could, we could get there if we uh, get intentional about, uh, A, what we grow in our meals, you know? So, um, yeah, like one last thing before I wrap it all up. My, uh, my girlfriend just made the soup and it didn't all come from the garden, but it all could come out of the garden. Like what I'm saying is all the ingredients are things we can grow right here um all times of the year you know which is pretty much um it's pumpkin carrot which you know you don't get a couple months of the year but carrot pumpkin plantain and then taro or jatia um the one i mentioned earlier you could grow all those um here in florida so potentially i could make that soup in my survival scenario if I had these crops in the ground. So get your mind turning. What 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 could I plant that does well, that is calorically high, 
super, super abundant. And um, it will also end up on the plate for me. So good stuff. I enjoy discussing survival garden. I hope you guys do too. Um, yeah, until next time, guys. I felt like this was, you know, a really, really good topic for what's going on. I know a lot of people ask me about it. Um, but yeah, guys, until next time, let's create abundance together. <laughs>